And welcome back to the Sean Green Show. I'm Sean Green. I want to thank everybody out there listening. Make sure you go to SeanGreenShow.com. That's SeanGreenShow.com. Uh, all the latest podcasts, pictures, news, and interviews are definitely up at SeanGreenShow.com. Also, uh, if you want to stop me on Facebook, you most certainly can. You can go to Sean Green Show Media for that on Facebook. Also, if you want to check me out on Twitter, it's uh, at Sean Green Show. And yes, if you are a House of Cards fan like me, um, you've already binge watched House of Cards season three, which came out last week. And um, here to talk about, you know, that and other TV news, John Kubitschek. He's the senior editor at Buddy TV. Dot com. He joins us right now on our Super Celebrity Hotline. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hi, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing all right. So, all right, House of Cards Season 3 um, pretty much threw me th- through a loop. I don't, don't want to spoil it for everybody. But um, for people that have not even started watching it yet, um, for you uh, being, like, totally plugged into TV, uh, what are your thoughts on the series? Um, I've... Watched. I watched the first two because it was so critically acclaimed. I was never a huge fan. I actually really enjoyed season three, though. I feel like season three is when the show is really starting to come into its own and figure out what is going on with the show and the bigger plot and the actual physical house of cards that's being built up. And Because the inherent promise of the title of the show is that eventually this house of cards will get knocked down. Right, right. And I feel like in the first two seasons, Kevin Spacey's character uh, didn't really have any obstacles. He just steamrolled over anyone in his past to to power. And there was no conflict in the show, really. It was just him outsmarting everybody else. Right. A good drama needs conflict. And season three added not only other new characters who are as smart as him and can actually pose a threat to him and don't give in to him, but other problems as well for him. Now, what do you see, uh, like a series, like with the whole announcement with HBO, uh, doing the, uh, streaming thing. And do you think that will affect, uh, a show like house of cards and other Netflix shows? I don't think so. I think, House of Cards, at least, is set... I think what could affect shows like House of Cards is more Netflix. I think Netflix got a lot of, you know, early recognition because it only had a handful of shows. It had House of Cards and Orange is the New Black, and those were the two shows. Okay. But now it has a lot... It just debuted the unbra- uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt... It has another new drama, Bloodline, coming out in a week and a half. It has another new comedy, Grace and Frankie. It has Marvel's Daredevil. It has a whole bunch of new shows, and that might start to hurt something like House of Cards because it's not special anymore. It's not the only thing on Netflix. Yeah, because, I mean, I know with House of Cards, you waited. Even with Orange is the New Black, and it came, you know, a little after, you you could not wait, and you were actually checking the net. Okay, when is this new season going to come out? And it seemed like it was going to be forever. And if you got these, these constant flow of shows, um, you know, the original ones would fall by the wayside, or, or, or I think you'll be watered down, I think, if it's like all these different shows. 
So I'll, yeah, I'll, there's just too many, and also yeah, that wait that you describe is really for me. It's annoying having to wait literally an entire year for what amounts to if you're like me and you binge watch it one weekend worth of viewing. Like you're done with it in 24 hours or, or 48 hours, yeah, and then you have to wait a whole another 12 months just for another 48 hours. Yeah, and and that's what yeah that's, that's really annoying to me too. I, I think they should figure out a way to get these um, these series you know more traction and just get them out there because people will watch it if it's more to watch, especially if yeah, it's good. Do, and there are other. Other networks are starting, the online streaming is starting to do the weekly. They actually have a new show that's imported that's from Canada that Netflix has in May called Between, where I believe they're going to air it week after week. And Yahoo Screen is doing that with the new season of Community starting next week. So I think these online streaming services are starting to realize the dump the entire season at once so that people can binge watch it. It might be fun for people like me who love spending a weekend watching 13 hours of House of Cards in a row, but it really hurts the long-tail buzz for a show because nobody can, like, after two weeks or three weeks, no one really cares about it anymore. Yeah. Now let's move on to uh, the CW. We got the Arrow, we got the Flash, and we got the Vampire Diaries. Let's start with the Vampire Diaries. I, me personally, I wasn't really a big watcher of Vampire Diaries, and people keep they keep telling me, "Hey, you need to check out Vampire Diaries if you're into these uh, va- vampire, uh, if you're into the whole vampire." culture and 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 the movies and all that i I love vampire movies so i never really got a chance to watch vampire uh diaries simply because i'm too busy i'm always you know on the go and i need something to really catch my eye uh what say you about vampire diaries where is this show headed at this point uh well it's headed more towards back to the original salvatore brothers and especially within the last episode it started introducing Damon and Stefan's mother, who is locked away in a prison world. So it feels like every season they have, like, two storylines. There's the first half of the season and the second half, and this is going to be the second half, which really gets back into the main characters and fleshing out their origins and what drives them. So it's kind of a way to reinfuse some energy into the show. It's already in season six. It's been renewed next year for season seven. So it's getting a little bit old, uh, long in the tooth. So they need to find new ways to introduce new characters to add to the dynamic. All right. And what about uh, uh, the Arrow and the Flash? Uh, what are we to expect in these uh, in this in this next half of uh, of the uh, series? Uh, well, for Arrow, you're going to see Oliver dealing with the huge offer that he got from Ra's al Ghul at the, end of last, uh, at the end of the last episode. So that's going to cause even more friction between him and his friends who have been really struggling since the middle of the season. Yeah. And on The Flash, we're going to be getting a lot more time travel, a lot more Dr. Harrison Wells, and we're in the end of March, Mark Hamill is going to show up, which should be a big event reprising his role as the trickster who he played 25 years ago in the original 1990 version of the flash so he's coming back to play that same character right right a little bit 
confusing because back then he fought the Flash, who is now Barry's father. But try not to think too much about that. It's just cool that, I mean, this is the CW, and they're getting top-notch guest stars on this show. I mean, to get Mark Hamill yeah. on, a, on a CW show, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and uh, one thing I definitely want to ask you about was I Zombie. Now I, I did I did not know that I Zombie was uh, like a spinoff or it's it kind of like a DC comic. And I, I have not yet I DVR the first couple of episodes, and I have not gotten into it. Can you uh, let me? You know, can you let our listeners know about you know I Zombie and if it's, that's worth watching? I definitely think it's worth watching. It comes from Rob Thomas, the man who created Veronica Mars, and it has a very similar feel. People who loved Veronica Mars will probably love this. It has a female protagonist who's snarky and cynical and smart, and in this world, she's a zombie, but she can she's not you know a, a walking dead kind of zombie. She walks and talks and lives amongst us but she does have to eat brains, and when she eats a brain, she gets the memories of the dead person and uses those to help solve their murders. Oh, wow. Which is a kind of out-there concept, but it works because they take it just not seriously enough. Like, it has a very fun, sarcastic, like, oh, wow, zombies... <laughs> kind of a kind of approach and it it works really well the cast and the writing it's a very it's interesting it's funny it's dramatic it has some new view, views of what zombies are because we all you know watch the walking dead and that's what zombies are right this is a completely different kind of zombie so it's a whole new sort of mythology to to delve into with what they're doing with zombies. So I think it's exciting. It's getting the post-Flash time slot, which is a big vote of confidence from the CW because the Flash is the network's number one show. So putting it on after that, hopefully it's it's going to succeed and do well. I'm, I'm rooting for it, especially because I was a huge Veronica Mars fan. All right, great. And there you have it, John Kubitschek, senior editor at BuddyTV.com. That's BuddyTV.com. Make sure if you want to check out John Kubitschek on Twitter, you most certainly can. It's at John Kubitschek if you want to check that out. Uh, man, there's so much stuff going on. Make sure you guys st stick around, too, on the Sean Green Show. I'm going to sh tell you guys how you can score tickets to Avengers 2 Age of Ultron when we come back because I definitely have the digs on that. So I'm going to have you guys stick around. And, you know, check out how you can get these tickets. And we'll be back right after this.